When you're an American Express Platinum Card member, don't be surprised if you say things like, Chef, what course are we on? I've, I've lost count. Or, Shoot that, shoot that! And even, Checkout's not until 4, so... Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants, elevated experiences at live events, and 4 p.m. late checkout at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Don't live life without it. Terms apply. You're getting the most out of being at a game with American Express. The card member entrance, the lounge, and out tip-off. See how to elevate your live sports experience at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Don't live life without it. Eligible American Express card required. Benefits vary by card and by venue. Terms apply. Welcome to the latest edition of March Madness 365. I'm your host, Andy Katz, from March Madness and NCAA.com. On this edition of our podcast, I'll be joined by Will Wade, the head coach of LSU, Ashton Hagens from Kentucky, the freshman guard who certainly changed things up once he got inserted into the starting lineup for the Wildcats and kind of keeping this a little bit of an SEC theme here. Uh, Jimmy Dykes, uh, former colleague, friend, uh, longtime uh, ESPN college basketball analyst uh, in between also working at Arkansas as a women's basketball coach. Uh, He knows the SEC like no other. So we will discuss... The new number one in the country, Tennessee. My number one in the power 36. My number one uh, number one seed. And the number one in the AP poll coming out this week. The Vols deserve it. They're playing the best basketball in the country right now. Remember, the power 36, the AP poll, these are snapshots. Not our bracket, which came out last week. We've got another bracket coming out later this week. That's where you'll see a little bit of a difference with the polls and the seeding. But Tennessee deserves it. Uh, I will tell you that. Duke, after losing to Syracuse without Trey Jones for most of the game and no Cam Reddish because he was sick, coming back to beat Virginia without Trey Jones, but getting Cam Reddish back, that's why I elevated them from my four to two, still a number one seed. I still love Virginia and Michigan State. Michigan State's playing great right now, winning at Nebraska. I had them in that three spot because of the way they're playing. And then Virginia only loses by a deuce at Duke, so they can't drop that far. Very high still now on Gonzaga, on Michigan, even though they lost to Wisconsin, Nevada. Maryland cracks my top 10 with the way they were playing. And then Kansas drops after losing at West Virginia. That's something that I think people have to look at right now. I still think they're the favorite in the Big 12, but that was a bad loss for them because West Virginia is uh, historically bad for them under Bob Huggins. Some newcomers to my power, 36. Hofstra's won 14 in a row. St. Louis is now the kings of the A-10, looking like the role of that. So I wanted to give them some love. And Murray State, John Morant, remember that name. He's got them atop the OVC. He's going to be a top-five NBA draft pick. LSU, as I mentioned, you're going to hear from Will Wade, way under the radar. I've got them high up in my power at 36. They finally cracked the AP poll. Teams like Buffalo holding strong. So not a lot of movement maybe in the middle. Certainly some jockeying at the top and some new teams in the backside of my Power 36. A quick reminder that on NCAA.com March Madness, you can find the Power 36. You can find our National Player of the Week, which was Tyus Battle from Syracuse. Our Team of the Week heading into money was Maryland. We're going to have another bracket later this week. Did really well on the site. Want to keep making sure that you hit that up. Also this week, we're going to have a look at the top 16 candidates that I think are heading for the National Player of the Year honor. 
So that's all on March Madness and NCAA.com. So I want to get to our interviews here on the podcast. And as always, really appreciate you listening, downloading it on iTunes or wherever you can find our podcast through our March Madness platforms. Up next, let's listen first to Jimmy Dykes as he assesses where everything is settled right now in the SEC. Now joining me here on March Madness 365, my longtime friend, former colleague, Jimmy Dykes of ESPN. He's the former women's basketball coach at Arkansas as well, former men's basketball assistant there and player. Uh, Jimmy, in my Power 36 and in the AP poll, I have Tennessee as my new number one, so I'm not alone in that. And you've been covering the SEC this season. Uh, I'm just curious, first off, your impressions of the Volunteers as the best team right now in the country. Well, and for the last couple of weeks, I've actually done, I think, two of Tennessee's last three games. I have two more than the next three coming up. To me, they just they look like the best team in college ball. Um, and it's how they play the game. They're, they're a hungry top five team. And that's kind of unique, I think, to describe a team that's highly ranked like they are to be hungry. But, man, they are they're a very driven bunch. And I've had the... Lecture just setting film rooms with them with, uh, with Coach Barnes and his guys. And man, it's, it's honest and it's factual and it's tough. You know, they're, they're, they're really driven right now to, to get better and to drive their guys. And he's got a, Rick has a bunch of guys that still play with that three star mentality and something to prove and they have unfinished business. So there's just not a lot of weaknesses when you break them down. You know, they, they can really, really score and, I will say this, two out of their last three halves of basketball that they've had um, have not been their best, and it's tied to their defense. They let the petty kid from Alabama just go off on them on, on Saturday. I did the game. They were able to win the game, but I'm sure Rick has their attention right now defensively, but they're, they're the real deal. I thought going into the weekend, Tennessee and Virginia were the best two teams, and I'm, I'm still bullish on both of them. You know, you've been around this a long time. Grant Williams wins the SEC Player of the Year, and normally, if someone wins the SEC Player of the Year, they're not back. And yet he's back, and he's got a player alongside him in Admiral Schofield who could also compete for that award as well. How unique is that scenario, you think, with Tennessee? Yeah, I think it's, it's, it's very unique. And there's no, there's no jealousy, there's no fighting, there's no egos at all in that locker room. Like, they literally do not care who gets 20 points. And they have, I think they got six guys that can get 20 points on any given night. And when you got last year's sixth man of the year, Jordan Bowden, you know, or, or one of the starters from last year is now coming off of bench, Jordan Bowden, who's leading them in conference play at 19 points a game, and Lamonte Turner, who was last year's sixth man of the year, is now coming off the bench as well. They're they're a really deep team, and you mentioned those two guys, William and Schofield. They're such a mismatch nightmare for opponents because they're between six five and six six and 245 pounds, and you watch them play. They, both of them can post up. Both both of them can make threes. They are outstanding interior passers. They're, they're they're physical kids, and very few college teams have one guy that can handle a matchup problem like that. And these the Tennessee has two, and they're just uh, you know they're they're explosive offensively. Their point guard Andy Bone Jordan Bone is vastly underrated on the national level. He's as he's as fast as there is in that league, and Harper from Auburn has tremendous speed, and Bone is right there with him. But this kid's knocking down shots. He's tough. He can defend. They're just they're built to go a long, long ways in March, and 
I, they don't lose to Loyola last year if Kyle Alexander played in that game. That's their six eleven shot blocking guy, and he didn't play because of a hip injury. And you go back and watch the game, and I think he probably would have taken away four or five baskets in that game. But that's part of it, and that's part of everybody right now. Can, can you stay healthy, and will you be hot uh, once once March gets here? And that's what you know. There's ten or twelve teams in the country I think that are capable of doing it, capable of winning it. Two other uh, SEC teams I just want to run by you. One is LSU. The other is Ole Miss. I've got Will Wade coming up on the podcast. And, you know, I, I think they are one of the most underrated teams. I had them as a actually potential four seed uh, right now in my bracket. I mean, they are playing at a high level. Naz Reed has lived up to his expectations. And yet I don't feel like they're getting any kind of national recognition that they should at this juncture. What are your thoughts on LSU? You're exactly right. I mean, they, they've got dudes. Now, I'm telling you, when they walk out for warm-ups and they're purple and yellow, you think, is this a late LSU? They, they've got pro size. The, the Waters kid is really a problem. He was a problem last year on a team that didn't have a lot around him, and now he's got a lot of talent around him. And it took him probably the first months of the season to kind of adjust to playing with better players, but now that he has, he's a, he's just a very slick, slippery point guard, a very good defender. I think he's right there with Hagens in terms of the kid from Kentucky in terms of the best on-ball defender in this league. And they're, they're loaded now. You mentioned Nas Reed and Cavell Bagby, Williams or Williams Bagby. I get it con- confused, but they, they've got just size just keeps coming at you off the bench and athletes. And uh, they're really good. They're, they're If you're looking for a team right now that's – you know, I, I don't. I, maybe they, maybe they got maybe they got ranked today, but they're still really low. But yeah, twenty five. Yeah, if you're looking for a team that didn't start the year, we know with on everybody's radar, but but can make a deep deep run out of the SEC, it's it's them. And if you look at their schedule, they got a real chance now to start off about eight zero in the SEC and, and really be in the hunt for the long term. Now you've covered Kermit Davis. You've known him for a long time. Yeah. How surprised are you that Ole Miss is? Got only one loss, and you know, in the upper half of the SEC right now, after being picked 14th. Yeah, I'm not. As soon as that poll, that preseason poll came out, I, I forget who I was with that day. Um, it may have been Billis. We were at the SEC media days, and I said, "There's no way a Kermit Davis coach team's going to finish last. I, I don't care what league he's in and what, what kind of players he has. They're not going to finish last." And you know, he inherited good talent, and those three guards, Devontae Shuler, Terrence Davis, and Brian Tyree, they're, they're, they're they're an explosive group, and what he has done is he's got those guys believing. They play extremely hard. He's changing defenses up within the game, and sometimes even within the possession, they'll go from a two-three zone to man-to-man when the ball goes a high post. They'll go from a one-three-one to a to a two-three when the ball comes out of the corner, and they're just really hard to play against. And that that building, I don't know if you've ever been to their new arena, but it, it, it's I've not seen a game there yet. Yeah, and it's it's electric. Like it's just a perfect size, maybe. Maybe ten, eleven thousand, but just a perfect size for Ole Miss and the energy in that program. Start with Kermit is, it's really off the charts. I, I think they'll sustain it. I don't, you know, I don't see them finishing first or second in the league, but they they could finish in the top four. Those three guards are a problem, and what Kermit, Kermit did, a big part of that was he he moved Brian Tyree from the point guard to the two guard once he went through his own evaluation of the talent he inherited, and it has really paid off. And, uh, that, that belief and that toughness in that locker room right now is is really good. I've had coaches tell me in the league that when they watch them on film, they're like, "Man, they're 
they might be the, the third or fourth best team in this league when it's all said and done. And that, that that's coming out of nowhere. A team that had no expectations for this year coming in other than those of us that know him know that Kermit Davis can, can fly that coach's tail off. Well, Jimmy, I appreciate it. And as always, great talking to you, catching up with you. And uh, I know we will check in throughout the course of the season. Thank you. Absolutely, Andy. Thanks for having me. And coming up next on March Madness 365, my interview with Will Wade, the head coach of LSU. And joining me now here on March Madness 365, LSU head coach Will Wade. And the Tigers are 4-0 in the SEC, 14-3 overall. They've won seven in a row in my latest bracket, which I know is just more for fun, doesn't have real meaning. I had LSU as a four, and I would argue they are maybe the least talked about team in a potential top 16 uh, in the country. And maybe you like it that way, Will. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> um, what do you think about the way you guys have sort of flown under the radar a little bit and have compiled such an impressive start? Well, I think, you know, obviously uh, early in the season, the expectations were high and we weren't quite ready for that. We we're just a young team and still growing into ourselves. We didn't play very well at our preseason tournament uh, in Orlando. We beat a good College of Charleston team. Then we uh, lost to Florida State and got beat by Oklahoma State. And so after that, we, we've uh, we've been off uh, been off the radar a little bit, which has been good. But our guys have gotten to work. We've improved uh, quite a bit. Our defense is is, is much much. Um, improve. It's not certainly not where it needs to be if we want to compete at the at the highest level. But it's uh, it's better, and uh, we've improved. And I think being off the radar and kind of being out of the way is has helped us with that. And hopefully, now that um, you know people will probably notice things a little bit more, we'll be able to keep the same way about us and keep working hard and and uh, be about the right things and continue to find ways to improve and win. I mean, well, first of all, your loss to Florida State was in overtime, and uh, your loss to Houston, if my memory serves, you guys had a lead in that game. It was on the road. Uh, and, you know, so, I mean, maybe you could say the only one that really got away was Oklahoma State. And that's me from afar. You know, overall, do you feel like for the most part, this team has been pretty consistent? We've been pretty consistent. The, you're right. The Oklahoma State game, that was a day after the Florida State game. The Florida State game kind of beat us twice. And, uh, you know, we just we just didn't play very well in that game. But the other games, you know, Florida State, we had a, a nine-point lead with three minutes left and just couldn't close it out and, and ended up losing in overtime. And Houston, we had a 15-point lead in the second half and couldn't finish that off. But I think we've grown uh, from those games and grown since those games. I think that's those games, you know, help set our team up to – to uh, hopefully position ourselves to, to finish strong here over the next month and a half. You've already in, in the SEC won at Arkansas in overtime, not an easy place to win. At Ole Miss, a team that clearly was one of the more surprised teams in the country. You just knocked off South Carolina, uh, which had been previously undefeated in the SEC, and so they obviously were resurging. Why do you think this team has been so consistent home and road? Well, I think we've just gotten better. We've settled into a pretty good uh, rotation We've got uh, we got an eight man rotation right now, and, and uh, all our guys are getting uh, a lot of minutes. Our guys are happy with their roles. Our guys know their roles. They know what to expect. So it's been um, we just have a good rhythm to us. We have a good chemistry about our group, and it's it's a fun group to uh, be around. It's a fun group to coach, and I think everybody's just playing their role and excited about their role and, and wants uh, wants to uh, keep on winning. You know, well, I've talked to so many coaches about unbalanced scheduling, that regardless of league affiliation. You've been in multiple leagues. And, you know, this is a case this year where you're really not helped by your unbalanced schedule in that you only get one crack at Kentucky. It's on the road. 
and you get one crack at Tennessee and it's at home. So that's good. But, you know, right now I would argue you guys are all competing for the SEC title. Uh, I know there's nothing you can do about it, but did you look at sort of how this thing broke down? Oh, yeah. No, I certainly looked at, you know, looked at the schedule and, and uh, you know, you want to play the best teams in the league. And uh, certainly our schedule is a little bit, a little bit off in the sense that, that um as you pointed out, we, we play each of those those guys uh, once, but there's a lot of other really good teams that we play twice. I think Alabama's a good team. We play them twice. I think Florida's a uh, a good team, and, and we play we play uh, we play them twice. We play Arkansas and, um, and Texas A and M twice every year. Those are two of our permanent partners, along with Alabama. So, um, yeah, it's just the way the schedule breaks, and we can only play the games that uh, that are in front of us. And so, we're certainly going to have a tough task. Uh, both with Tennessee at home and Auburn at home and on the road at Kentucky and on the road at, at, uh, at Mississippi State as well as all of the road games. So it'll be, it'll, it'll be tough. We've got to play the, play the group in front of us, and, you know, that's the way the schedule broke. You know, a year ago I didn't think Tremont Waters maybe got the recognition he deserved, uh, in large part maybe because you guys weren't in the NCAA tournament. Uh, but now I kind of feel the same way about Naz Reed. Uh, he's putting up great numbers. What have you thought about – you know, the way in which he has impacted this team. Obviously, he impacts us on the court, but just off the court, he's just an unbelievable teammate, unbelievable person. He leads us in charges taken this year. He takes more charges. He's taking more charges than anybody else on our team. He wants to win. Uh, you know, it's like having another coach over there. Sometimes when we sit him out and he's on the bench, he's standing up coaching. The referees have to tell him to sit down because he's, he's so active, uh, active coaching. But, you know, he's just, he's just had a, a huge impact on on our team and on our program because of obviously how talented he is averaging, you know, over 10 points a game in SEC play. And uh, he's rebounding the ball a lot better, but he just does a lot of little things, makes a lot of winning plays. Very, very smart person, very, very high basketball IQ. Anytime you got somebody with a high basketball IQ, who's a big guy like that, and that you can play through. It's like having a point guard at the, you know, at the four or the five spot. So anytime you have that, it's a really, really good uh, weapon to have. And he's been great for us all season. So we know though those are the headline guys. So who's someone that so far this season has been a bit of a pleasant surprise and maybe has exceeded expectations for you? Yeah, we've got a kid in our starting lineup, Marlon Taylor. You know, ever since we inserted him in the starting lineup, we've gone on the seven-game winning streak. Uh, we really inserted him for his defensive presence. He's a junior college transfer from uh, Panola Junior College in Texas. He's originally from New York. And he didn't start playing uh, basketball until his sophomore year in high school, so he's a bit of a late bloomer. But we put him in for his defense, and, and he's really come on offensively. He's had some big offensive nights for us. He had over 20 at Arkansas, had a big offense, had double figures again last night, had uh, double figures at Ole Miss. So he's, he's really come on offensively, and he's really given us somebody who can – Lock down the other teams, one of the other teams' best perimeter players. He's a tremendous athlete, maybe one of the best athletes I've ever coached. And uh, he's really learning how to play basketball. It's, it's like I tell him all the time, you know, you're an athlete who plays basketball. Now we're going to turn you into a basketball player who's an athlete. He's working hard at that. And uh, ever since we've put him in, he's our team has started to take off. You know, we talked at SEC Media right media day, right after the tragic death and murder of uh, of Wade Sims and you guys did a great job obviously of honoring him and I'm curious now months later um, what has been you know uh, for lack of a better term almost like his presence if you will within this locker room his spirit you know with this team as you guys have gone forward yeah I mean he's with us every day his locker's still the same he's got a locker in the locker room and you know we put up 44 before the games and, and uh, you know most of our guys 
have them on their shoes. As the coaches, we wear them on our chest. And, you know, we're always, always thinking about him. He's always around us. And he's somebody that, uh, you know, continue to, continues to inspire us. And I know he'd be proud with, uh, with how we're playing right now. We're playing a little bit like him, a little tough, a little scrappier. And uh, I know he'd be proud of that. And how about the players, though, especially those that were close to him? How have they been handling it on a day-to-day basis? You know, it's tough. You know, you know, you got guys who are his roommates on the road, and you know, it's different when you got a different roommate and, and things of that nature. But you know, we're kind of settling into what uh, what life's going to be. You know, without him around his body, but but his spirit being around. And you know, our guys are, are handling it as best we can, and, and we continue to be there for each other and, and, and get help and you know we travel with a with a counselor which has helped and, and uh, you know we're just uh, we're, we're uh, trying to continue to honor him and the players are continuing to honor him with how we play well will i really appreciate you taking some time in preparation uh, for this week and you guys are off to a great start and i know that we're going to be talking about lsu a little bit more nationally here going forward thanks will thanks andy and i'm next here on march madness 365 ashton hagan's from kentucky and now joining me here on March Madness 365, as always, as the Wildcats are coming off a road win at Auburn. Wherever you download and your podcast, definitely are looking the role of being a team that can certainly win the SEC and our March Madness national championship, which is what we all thought. I'm Andy Katz. Ashton, since you have been inserted into the starting lineup, things certainly have changed for Kentucky. In what way do you think you're you've been able to impact this team over the last few games? Uh, you know, just playing the role that uh, Coach gave me, uh, you know, getting into the lane, find, find shots for my guys. Uh, if I have an open shot, take it. And, you know, just be the defensive stopper on the ball and try to uh, help off the ball and talk my team up. You know, it, it's interesting that, you know, there's been so much hype for other freshmen on your team, obviously at Duke and other places, Indiana. And you went through – sort of like a more natural process as a freshman. Um, right. If you look back here over the last couple of months, how much did that help you sort of evolve into this position that you didn't have to sort of be that guy right from day one, that you could sort of just get comfortable in your role with the team, with the staff, before you were put in this position where, you know, there were a lot of responsibilities on your head? Uh, you know, it built my confidence level up uh, a lot because, you know, I was, I was on the things I was seeing how the game was flowing. Uh, so I was just trying to let everything come to me. But uh, as I got in, you know, it just it just started coming to me easier. You know, I flow the game. So as that goes along, um, you know, I'm just out there with my guys every night trying to fight. And knowing that they're, they're out there with me the whole 40 minutes is just lovely and I can play my game. You know, I think back to I was at your Seton Hall game, and you kind of look at that game around that time. And since that game in, in December, I mean, you've been playing – you know, outside of the game at Utah, which was a blowout, but you've been playing over 30 minutes every game. And obviously you're you're on the floor almost the majority of the time. In terms of your physical shape, in terms of emotionally, mentally, everything being prepared for that, how do you feel about being on the floor that much and being ready to be a contributor, you know, for the majority of the game? You know, that just goes back with, uh, you know, Coach having faith in me, uh, leaving me out there on the court knowing I can do a lot for this team. But going back to what I had said, you know, just playing my game uh, out there with my guys, you know, just trying to help get this one and take this program to another level. On the road a year ago and in past, you know, there have been times in the SEC where Kentucky has struggled. And obviously you guys had a game that was down to the late possession against Alabama, not able to close it out. But I thought in watching, you know, your, your last couple of road games at Georgia, at Auburn, 
that you guys have turned the corner. What have you seen maybe since that Alabama game on the road that's a little bit different for this Kentucky group? We've just been fighting, you know. The other team made plays, made big-time plays going down the stretch. So we just uh, stayed together. We came back with some big-time plays, stayed the course. Uh, but um, we just was out there fighting, playing, playing our best off. But uh, that goes back to practice. What Coach just telling us is details. It's the little things. Uh, just stay focused. And as the game goes along, everything will come on highest point. You know, I know this is your, you know, first year there, yep. uh, and the expectations are so high at Kentucky every day. Right. But as I said at the beginning of this interview, I mean, I feel like you guys are where everyone thought Kentucky would be, and it's just it took time, and that's fine. It's a long season. After the Duke game, did it take some time even within your group to say, okay, we know we're still pretty good. Maybe we didn't show it on the big stage on the first game. We know as long as we stick to what we're doing that eventually it will turn out the right way. Uh, yeah, you know. Um, losing that game, you know, it was the first game of the season. So, uh, you know, it's like nothing much we could do about it. But, you know, it's going to be it's gonna be games like that when you don't play, play your best. But you just got to bounce back in. Um, you got a, a, lot of, a lot more games to play to uh, just stay focused and just keep grinding out and try to finish the season strong. All right, last thing, I'll let you go. In your short time and, you know, playing for Coach Cal, what have you learned that, uh, you know, because he's got an amazing track record of obviously producing elite talent, winners. What have you already picked up in your short time as to why this works? Uh, you know, because you got uh, a lot of guys on the team that, that's got the same skill as you. But, uh, you know, it's just playing up and playing well and everything that worked out. I was playing. You don't got to uh, do a lot of scoring. Numbers don't mean a lot. Just knowing that you can go out there and have six get some rebounds in and still come out with the win. He's, he's a pretty good coach. So that just tells you that uh, the way he recruits, just know that you, you're not out there by yourself. you playing with other guys that, that got great talent. Ashton, appreciate it. Thank you. No problem. Thanks for having me. And that'll wrap up this edition of March Madness 365. As always, thanks for listening. And you can find this podcast wherever you download your podcast on iTunes and, of course, on NCAA.com and our March Madness social media platform. I'm Andy Katz. Thanks for listening. Busy weekends are a breeze with American Express Platinum Card. 8 a.m., wait to board plane in the Centurion Lounge. <sighs> Much better. 2 p.m., grab seats for the game. Come on, pick and roll! 6 p.m., book an exclusive reservation with Resi Global Dining Access. Right this way. Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to the Centurion Lounge, must-see live events, and exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Don't live life without it. Terms apply. An epic matchup between your two favorite teams, and you're at the game getting the most from what it means to be here with American Express. You breeze through the card member entrance, stop by the lounge. Now it's almost tip-off, and everyone's already on their feet. This is gonna be good. See how to elevate your live sports experience at AmericanExpress.com slash with Amex. Don't live life without it. Eligible American Express card required. Benefits vary by card and by venue. Terms apply.